Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Holtcast. As always, I'm Jack Grimsey alongside Robert Lintot. Let's get the bad news out of the way, Robert. That loss to Lester, devastating. God, I, you and I were just talking about this. I honestly cannot remember the last time I was so angry after a sporting event. And justifiably so. It was, I mean, how, literally, how, how does that happen? How do you yeah. let that happen? I, it, I mean, it was... It was a combination of players not being fit enough and Tim Sherwood being a goddamn idiot and making some of the worst substitutions I've ever seen. Yeah, and I think some of the idiocy goes back to those players not being fit. Like, what you know, if, if you play football manager at the beginning of the season, you have to set your training to fitness. And it always, yeah. it always screws me over in football manager because I'm an idiot, but <laughs> I'm not getting paid thousands of dollars a week to make sure that the players are fit. Yeah, absolutely. And we keep seeing this match after match. People like Carlos Sanchez have a phenomenal opening 60 minutes or so and then get run ragged. Um, it is a recurring problem. And that combined with stupid substitutions that did nothing to help that just meant horrible things for the club. Yeah, it just compounded the problem, really. Like you're saying, Sanchez out of gas at the end of the match. Julian Lescott, Michael Richards, out of gas. And that match was going at 100 miles an hour the whole time. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're going to understand some players like Lescott who weren't playing football and you brought them in late in the window, okay? Or Carlos Hill who had been struggling with injuries and fitness, therefore, obviously. But, I don't know, player – and, like, Sanchez, he had the, the long flight back from North America. So they were playing the Peru game that was in New York, I think, or something. But then, then you have players – I mean, you have players like Ashley Westwood, who he gets on that end of that 70-yard ball from Brad Guzan at the end brilliantly, and you have to capitalize on something like that. Yeah, exactly. You've got to turn that sort of a thing around. Um, And and the substitutions were irritating, and and the thing that irritated me at the time was stuff like Carlos Hill being taken off. It turns out that might have been for injury. The thing that really angered me then and still angers me now is the players that got put on. It wasn't the ones that got taken off because they made some sense, actually. It was, why are we replacing Carlos Hill with Jordan Ayew? Yeah, that that's exactly what uh, I wrote in my tactical preview that's coming out in a couple hours, I guess. It'll probably be out by the time this goes up or right about the same time. But Ellen Hutton came on last for Leandro Bakuna when it was already 2-2. If it's 2-2, you put on a striker then, not when you're up 2-0 and then 2-1. Yeah, absolutely. Alan Hutton should have been one of the first people on for Leandro Baguna, who or or you could put him on for Sinclair, who wasn't doing anything, and just throw Bakuna forward and say, "Okay, here you go." Like put him, push him up to the right wing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or you know, bring on Jordan Vera too instead of Rudy Justed. Like exactly when the, you have the a one I really wanted. Lead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted either Egbon Lahore or Sinclair off for Kieran Clark, and you just do a Arsene Wenger and throw as many defenders on the pitch as you have in your yeah. 18. Yeah, and it's an away match going 100 miles an hour at a team that is absolutely on fire right now. Normally, I hate the throw everything you have on the pitch in the defense theory, but why the hell not? He was playing a 4-2-3-1 that can really easily become a 4-5-1, or hell, make it a 4 4- you know, four four two, put with that two in the normal midfield. Like yeah, yeah. Just there, there was no excuse, as Adam pointed out in his tactical review of this whole thing. 
There was no excuse to switch to a 4-3-3. Yeah, just junk it back and go 5-2-2-1, honestly, because, I mean, Gabby had a good game, and it was the right game to play him because Wes Morgan and Robert Huth are very slow. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a good tactical decision by Sherwood. Sherwood got the lineup right initially. Yeah, absolutely. As usual. Um, and, and the lineup was absolutely fantastic. A lot of us weren't sure what would happen with Grealish and Hill working together. And the answer is it's a little rough at times, but when it clicks, my God, be worried, rest of the Premier League. Yeah, just wait until they're both fit and can, can start like that on a regular basis together. I mean, the, the chemistry is taking time, like we've seen with this team. Yeah, In absolutely. all areas, really. Um, it's just it's so wildly frustrating because of the fact that Villa had players available. Kieran Clark was on that bench. Like, why not take off Grealish and throw in Clark? I know it's not a like-for-like like substitution, but you didn't need like-for-like like there. You needed to hold a two-goal lead for 20 minutes. Or, or take him off for Kieran Richardson, who was also on the bench. As yeah. we've said in the past, Richardson's he's not going to lose you the match. At 2-0 at two, two up, throwing on Richardson's fine. Yeah. Throwing him on even for Amavi would have been okay. Yeah, absolutely. Amavi. I think he, he's still having fitness problems. And he fell apart in the final 15 minutes. My God. Yeah. Um, and and, and to, the part where, to the point where he didn't fall apart and just became average, he was actively hurting the team in the last 15. Yeah. Um, and that's two matches in a row where he has had a – a negative impact on this team. It, it turns out that we actually are going to see some growing pains with him. Yeah, I mean, for for as great as he's shown he can be, he can be just as bad. And yep. Yeah, that's, and, that's, and I mean, that's, that's not his that's fault. He's he's what? No. 21? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is you should you should expect that w- along with all the other players we bought. Yeah. None none of them are the finished article. Yeah, exactly. With the possible exception of uh, of Ghana. Yeah, exactly, who we, who we didn't have available. Yeah, and I mean, can you imagine if his injury had just been a little less and we'd been able to throw him on as a stopper? Like, just throw him yeah. on when you took off Carlos Hill, and I think that match is an easy win. For sure. I mean, even someone else who, who I would have thrown on just for the experience is Joe Cole. Mm-hmm. If you're going to bring in an attack-minded player, you don't need to bring on Jordan Ayew. You need to bring on Jordan Ayew when it becomes two-two, and you say, "Okay, well, let's let's still let's try to get something out of this because there's going to be another goal." Yeah, absolutely. It was, and and the person I feel really terribly for in all of this is Jordan Ayew because he was thrown into a position where there was almost zero percent chance of him succeeding. No, exactly. The, and because what Sherwood's saying, "Oh, let's let's go get another goal." Like, mm, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Not with the way. Leicester were running at this match, and and so a ton of fans are just pillorying Ayu because he sucked in this match. And yeah, oh, he's, he's become like the major scapegoat, even more than Sherwood, I think, for a lot of Villa fans, and it's wrong. Yeah, because of course he sucked. He was put in a position where he was pretty much destined to fail. Yeah, it just I, it, it infuriates me the way these substitutes were used, and and it's probably the fourth match this season where we've seen Sherwood be absolutely inept when it comes to substitutes. Yeah, either failing to make them or failing to use them correctly. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, uh, God, it's the most frustrating thing. Um, because and I, don't, I don't even know if we, we want to talk about Brad Guzan, but maybe we could clear up one of our, our social questions that we're going to get to later. He's going to start in goal, at least against the baggies. I don't know what he, if he's promised Bun anything for the cup, but 
he's the best goalie we have by far. Mm-hmm. Not really saying something. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's to me, it's becoming more and more clear that I think, along with a striker, one of our big targets in the January window should be a good keeper. Yeah, Guzan does some things well. I like Guzan. His flaws are costing us more and more. And that and that was really dangerous. What he did to Nathan Dyer too. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because he was wrong. He played it wrongly. You either have to. You have to be out at the edge of the box, yeah. and people people are giving Ter Stegen, Mark Andre Ter Stegen of Barcelona, a lot of crap for what happened yesterday. He was off his line playing a sweeper keeper because Barcelona employed two defenders, and Florenzi beat him from midfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's going to happen. You're going to get chipped from there if, if you play two actual defenders. But you know, and I don't know, Guzan, he definitely is more the American style. He's a really great shot stopper, mm-hmm. and commands the box pretty well I think especially on corners and you know that was a problem that we had with Given last year but he has a lot of issues yeah you know he's a striker in his youth teams I did know that which is so weird to me like yeah he had to have been a striker the same way Emil Heskey was a striker given how badly he is with the ball at his foot Um, yeah but when he connects and and it's going goalward there's no stopping it (laughs) it's a good rocket uh he had, he had that great pass to Westwood, like I said earlier. But like, oh, yeah, yeah, but that was the first time this season where I've done. Oh shit, that was some really good distribution from Guzan. But I think his distribution has been less terrible than in years past. I don't agree with that. I mean, he gave up that goal against what was it, Palace, when he left Amavi hanging. Amavi okay, hanging. that was that was dumb. Yeah, that that is a so, goal that I think is directly attributable to crap distribution from Brad. And, yeah, and maybe that's because he doesn't just have Benteke to lob it to. But yeah. Anyways, uh, I, I think we can close the book on Lester. Yeah, the it just the one thing that really pisses me off is if it weren't for goal line technology, it would have been a two-two draw. That's true, and c- coming into the match two-two or like not two-two, but a draw, a point. That's all we needed. That's all we wanted, really. Although but a when two-two you go two draw, nil, yeah, would have felt like when a you go two nil up, it's yeah. Yeah. No, that, that match was basically all or nothing at all once you go 2-0 up. And, yeah. And, boy, if you didn't see that third goal coming, you haven't watched Villa much in the past five years. No. I mean, it was the way that it came was not how I expected it. With the striker lying on the pitch almost dead, but... Yeah. I, uh, Anyways. Yep. I think we have me to blame for that because I bet on Leicester to be relegated this season. <laughs> but... That leads us to our next topic, which the bookies have made Villa, what, second relegation favorites only to Sunderland? Yeah, which, come on, that's not even correct. Because, yeah. I mean, the thing is, despite the problems in closing out matches, Villa, as Alex pointed out in his column on Tuesday, Villa haven't looked horrible this year for significant chunks. I mean, they've looked actually probably better than average for significant chunks. Of matches yeah, we've only we've just pissed away what seven points now. I think it was six because we six. Uh, we got a loss at Palace that would have been a draw. We got a draw yeah, that's one. And then Sunderland only two. We only lost yeah. two there. It felt it felt like losing three. Although it's worth noting that uh, those six points combined with the goal differential that would happen there would have Villa sitting in fourth right now. It, yeah, exactly. That's that's what the big thing is. Um, but I mean, there's there's still. A lot of time, I think, before you can panic. I guess. I guess just look at Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea have looked worse than Villa. 
Yeah, they've shipped 12 goals. Yeah, the thing the thing is, like, Aston Villa have actually shown some moments of looking really good. Chelsea have not. I, th- I mean, they did yesterday against an Israeli well, team. Yeah, but that, that but, doesn't count on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm just thinking maybe they're getting some confidence after just putting a beat down on someone. Yeah, but can they do it on a cold night in Stoke? I don't know. Can Stoke do it on a cold night in Stoke? <laughs> they're still winless. So are Sunderland and Newcastle. I mean, yeah, there's just a bunch of crap this year. It's terrible. I mean, Tottenham are, what, two points ahead of Villa? Only yeah, it's, they, I mean, it's... Yeah. I, it's, Man I, City, it's Man City and everyone else. Exactly. And, and I don't think... Uh, Villa are not as bad as they've looked. Villa are bad, and it's probably going to get worse right now because we're headed into a really tough stretch, but we're not relegation yet. I'm not to that point of panicking. If we don't have, what, 15 points by Christmas? Then panic. Yeah, then, then you can panic. Yeah, but, but the thing is, the thing is that I thought about is that we've actually started scoring goals. Yeah. And, and, even, and though, even though you gave up three in the, in the final 20 minutes to Leicester, at least we still bagged two. Yeah, and um, we have to say good for Jack Grealish for opening his Villa account. He should have had two though, and it just sucks because we scored two. Like, sorry to go back to this, but we scored two like actually really nice goals. Two and then they just had some junkers that went goals. in. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, just two junkers. It's like okay, that shouldn't count the same. I like how both of us before the podcast said let's just spend a couple of minutes on Leicester, and we're both so angry that that's impossible. I mean, in in the tweet, I said uh, that we would be complaining about us throwing away points. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it's kind of in general, but yep, yep, no, nope. um, uh, yeah, that's how angry we are. We we both affirmed that we would only spend a couple of minutes on this crap, and here we are. Yeah, and then we were talking about it for fifteen minutes before we went on, <laughs> oh, but um, yeah, I guess the last point on us being relegation favorites is still Sherwood is not the bookie's favorite to win the sack race, despite being a self-destructive menace in the substitution <laughs> department that, we, that we've talked about. Um, it's still, Brendan Rodgers is 5-4. to four. It was Dick Advocate, I think, is a, a, ahead of him. Where's Jose? You would think he'd be up there. No, I don't know. No way. Like, what does it take? Because I think it was Mike Goodman over at Grantland did a really cool piece on uh, Jose's third year. And how it tends yeah. to be crap at most places he's at. Yeah, it was pretty bad at Madrid. I mean, I just, just um, I don't know. You must have to expect that, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I would love if Chelsea struggled and finished like tenth this year. Like we know they're not going <laughs> to get in the Champions League. Then. Yeah, I mean, we know they're not going to get relegated or anything. Spurs again. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, oh. So yeah, that's we're we're not getting relegated at least not right now. No, and neither are Chelsea. But ah, damn, <laughs> I, I did think it was funny that that Newcastle, like Villa, were like eight to one to finish top half now, and Newcastle are like forty to one. Like everyone else is about six to one. Oh wow! Is, or not Newcastle, Sunderland. They're just yeah. like we know we know that you're not going to do it. I don't know. I feel like that would be something worth putting five quid on. Okay, I'll I'll give you the odds. On on forty to one. Yeah. Someone will not finish top half. Ah, Jesus. 
Those odds are so tempting. No, I'm not. I'm not going to take it. You're right. You're right. They're not going to finish top half. They might not even finish top half of the relegation three. <laughs> not even. Not even 18th. Like. <laughs> I don't know what top half of the relegation three would be. Shut up. Nobody yeah. asked your opinion. Um. Let's let's go to the Twitter questions, and we did actually have quite a few, so thank you guys for sending them in. I actually got one on Facebook, and I guess let's start with that one because kind of related to what we were just talking about. It's from Graham Alford asking, do we know exactly what Ray Wilkins' job is, saying his wealth of experience as the, as the major tactician, and he's saying he's concerned if he's not, perhaps he should be. Secondly, who will our leader trust in goal against small Heath? Yeah. Uh, we don't know exactly what Ray, Ray Wilkins' job is. I thought he was there for tactical acumen, and if so, Tim Sherwood is ignoring him. Yeah, if, if it's one of those you-had-one-job situations, and he's the one actually feeding Sherwood this bad advice, that's that's really bad. But Oh, yeah, absolutely. If that's the case, then fire him now, uh, which yeah, I know is sacrilege. The Republic of Ireland national team, he can go there. Yeah, I know. I know that's sacrilege. It, it, the Ray Wilkins thing is really weird for me as an American because there is no emotional connection. And I understand that to so many English fans, there is a huge emotional connection to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I just reading about his background, like, I know he's, like, Chelsea legend. And then – but I, I don't support the English national team. Yeah, Honestly, exactly. I don't care. Yeah, so it, it doesn't do much for me, but – yeah, I thought he was brought on to uh, do tactics to help Tim out in an area that he was obviously pretty weak in. Um, and if he is, he's being ignored, and if he's not, he's being misused, I think. Yeah. But the problem um, is it is nearly impossible for us to know anything about that. Exactly. We're, the, we're basically just Jon Snow. Yeah. <laughs> um. Next one from James Newberry at Jimmy Nimble on Twitter. What will it take for Villa to have the mental fortitude to hold on to a lead? And I think it's actually some mental fortitude because Sherwood has not shown any. Yeah. And I don't know, some of the players are young, but then you have Micah Richards and Julian Lescott now, and those are two experienced guys who know the Premier League inside and out. And even yeah. Gabby. Like, Gabby, even if he is an idiot, everyone still respects him as they should because he's been at Villa forever. Mm-hmm. And he has to say, okay, lads, like, let's actually fucking do this and hold on to the lead. Yeah, absolutely. I think another thing that will give us some of that mental fortitude is less inj- fewer injuries. You know, if you have Idrissa Ghana starting, I think you can, you can make things work a little bit better because you bring on some of these people as subs, and that helps with the fresh legs. Exactly, yeah. You just have to, I think... I don't know, as the season goes on, fitness will be better, but maybe you bring in a sub at 60, a sub at 70, and a sub at 75. I don't know, you or even earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I but. agree. Uh, but you're right. I think the thing that it will take is, is mental fortitude. You're right. They need to buckle down and stop doing crap like this. And I don't know, maybe, maybe this is just – I'm not going to say it's the final time Villa will do a Villa, I guess, but maybe it's just – one, I don't know, the last time that it just takes that many times to figure it out and to say, okay, we're not doing this again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I um, assume, are you looking at the 7,500 uh, Twitter feed for these questions? Yeah, I am. Yeah, because if you didn't see it, Andre Green just tweeted, uh, no more creating a pro, and then screenshotted himself in FIFA. 
Like he's in the FIFA. He is like there's there's him in FIFA. Like that has to be the coolest feeling in the universe. Wow. To like open up a video game and be like, oh hey, it's me. Yeah, that like, is sweet. I'm sorry, that's that's a break from what we were doing, but like, and he's not rated very well, but who cares? He's what is he? Nineteen. Yeah, yeah, he's just retweeted by Russian Hepburn Murphy, who himself just tweeted, professional young sports person of the year 2015 tonight. Hope all goes well. Prayer emoji. And then, I don't know, I haven't updated my computer in a while, so I don't see the other emoji. Yeah, nice. It's. But, I mean, and, and let's just touch on the young villains for a bit because the U21 team's off to a great start. Yeah, it's so unlike last year. Yeah, and Villa, I guess, the senior team, the opposite start of last year. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they'll turn around. Maybe, maybe the U21s can start sucking and the senior team can actually be good now. Um, uh, another one, Jack Jessick on Twitter. Jack Grealish scored his first goal and celebrated with Tim Sherwood. How would you celebrate if you scored a goal for AVFC? Actually, I thought of quite a lot of these, but I'll let you go first, Robert. <laughs> I said because it would be my only one ever, I'd probably just strip off all my clothes and go streaking. I'm sorry, Birmingham. <laughs> No one needs to I mean, see that. I know it's, I know it's a yellow if you take off your top, but is it the same if you take off your pants? <laughs> Pull a Nicholas Hellenius. Just go around. Yeah. 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 I I said um, I'd probably just have a beer like sitting by the corner flag and run over there and drink a beer or something, and or just pick up the ball and punt it into the stands. I like the idea when you said you'd have a beer sitting there, like. You're probably not scoring in your first match, so you're having some poor steward set a beer in the corner every match. Like, yeah, well, it's it's like uh, it's like in the NFL when the guy he had a cell phone. Joe Horn had a cell phone in the in the cushy thing by the post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just took yeah. it out, or or you have you have a sharpie in your shoe, like Ocho Cinco, I think, which is actually really dangerous, but. You sign a ball and throw it into the stands. Yeah. Signing, yeah. If, I mean, it, you could have a Stewart just have a Sharpie there, and you could just sign the ball and punt it into the stands. Do the kids have they, pockets? No. Okay. I was going to say, you could put a Sharpie in your shorts. Yeah. Right. yeah. No, <laughs> I, I like that idea. The match, it, it explodes. You just black ink all over. <laughs> ah, shit, I wish we were wearing the black shorts today. <laughs> um... <laughs> Rock Strongo, I think good opinion have her. I don't know my tweet that cuts it off. What do you prefer to to numb the pain, to drink to numb the pain of match days? What's your What's your poison? And I I mean I I need to get on something stronger than beer. And you're, um, I'm not into whiskey like you are, Robert. But I know you are pretty yeah. good at making some some good looking drinks. Yeah, the 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 bourbon. Uh, lately, with Asking Village, just straight bourbon, neat. Straight. <laughs> Yeah, just give it to me plain because that's the only thing that numbs the pain from Aston Villa. Uh, I'd be intrigued if you guys are listening. Tweet at us what you drink to numb the pain on match day. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna retweet this tweet from our account. And next next question um, from Ellis, one of our writers, Ellis Sanford. Given the money spent on IU, where does he fit in? And I don't know. Maybe I think he's get if he doesn't play against West Brom, who'll probably play against Burnham City on Tuesday just because we're going to need to rotate the squad. 
Yeah, that would be my thought. He showed in his international play that he's he's a good player. We know he's a good player. He is a very unpolished product, and everyone who saw him before we signed him said that exact same thing. I don't get why fans are ragging on him. I mean, he was put yeah. in a crappy position. He fits in as, you know, I think he could have actually played where Gabby played uh, in the starting 11. Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, he's got a lot of pace, either a striker or I think a left forward. He's not he's not necessarily a winger. Yeah, he's, he's but, some weird little hybrid player. Yeah, I mean, it's even even more somewhere like Grealish or Heal, who's they don't have – they're pacey, but like him and Grealish, I guess, Heal is not as quick. But they have some pace, but they're not quick enough to just burn a man down the line. Yeah. But they have other, they have other skills to beat a man. Yeah, absolutely. I think this has got to be the best one. It's from Mark Bannister, 1874 FC. If the game on Sunday was a movie, were we the aliens in Independence Day and Lester the humans? And <laughs> I, I we, can only answer yes. yes our our narrative is that Lester are the bad guys, and we know that, but I don't know, maybe... Yeah, that maybe may be the narrative, but that sure is crap ain't what happened. Yeah. And just, oh, God damn it. Yeah, we got blown up. Uh, because the president gave a really rousing speech, and then Will Smith flew his thing right into our goal. I'm just going to say that Trump was the president, and I'm going to blame it on that. No. <laughs> Poor Tim Sherwood. You shouldn't say that about Tim Sherwood. Uh, I enjoyed James's question. James rushed in one of our writers. Is yeah. Sherwood a clown or for real? Thoughts? That's a clown question, bro. No. <laughs> I would say... After all of this on the sidelines, he's a clown. But yeah, a clown. That, was, that was good. That was good. I saw, I had a vine, or I, I tweeted the vine and said, do the stuff where you do all the stuff and things. But <laughs> someone else, I forgot, what did someone else, it was like when you, when you go to steal third base after scoring the second touchdown and it's like, I don't know, <laughs> something just like, it's almost it, I mean, it almost looked like a baseball sign. It's almost as sort of a crazier. manager vine as the one that ends with Alan Pardue telling his players to smile. Yeah. Which is still my favorite vine ever. Yeah. And uh, finally, yeah, our last one. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, we had a lot of them, so thanks to everyone who sent, sent one in today. And it was from Holt Under. Why has Tim Sherwood failed to nullify team changes by the opposition? And... Frankly, we couldn't tell you. Yeah, but I think I, I think the best guess him. is he's not getting good tactical advice. Someone is not helping him out, and he very obviously needs good tactical advice. Either from his own brain or from someone else's brain. It's just it's just not good advice at this point. Yeah, absolutely. He's getting a lot of bad decisions, and um, I think a lot of it comes down to just sort of managerial naivete. He's he's young. He's new to this whole managing thing. Um, I don't understand why that means he's bad at substitutions. He played the game. He knows what's needed. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's just, it's youth. He's he's still very new to this. I mean, all yeah, of his I managing mean, experience is in the Premier League, and it was, here, you get to do this. You've been dropped into it. And ever, everyone knew that coming in, or at least everyone should have. I mean, we saw it at Spurs, but Mr. Win Ratio, I mean... Right now, originally, the benefits of Sherwood outweighed his drawbacks. Now, I think it's just about even if, if he can't change. I mean, he still kept us up. Mm-hmm. Weird to think that Tim Sherwood could make a really good technical director. May, I mean, are these his signings? or? 
I think so. He's the book that Lambert left behind. Is that why he's so mad because we're signing all the players that he had like hot tips on? I don't know. <laughs> I I mean I think these are his signings. It's weird to think that he has fulfilled the technical director role really well and pair him with a good manager and we'd be a you know an unstoppable force. Yeah, pair him with a tactical director. Exactly. Um so really quickly, I just want to touch on the Villa Rockets. We did the fundraiser last year during the FA Cup week, and they're off to a great start this season, Robert. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I told the Rockets that until they get their new website up and running, they may have free reign of our website to post match reports. And in their very first weekend uh, over Saturday and Sunday, they played four matches and uh, took 10 points from 12. Three wins, one draw, and zero losses. Uh, a thing that Tim Sherwood would be envious of. Yeah, and thanks to Andy Bode for submitting that match report, or those yeah, match reports. Yeah, writing up the match reports. He gives us quick reports on each of the matches. Go check it out on the site. They've got a cool logo, too, uh, with, with the rocket going around the Villa Crest. It's pretty awesome. Uh, but they're an absolutely fantastic group. And as I put in that post there, our fundraiser, though technically we're over, the fundraising page is still live, and any money donated to the Villa Rockets still goes to the Villa Rockets. Um, an absolutely phenomenal group, allowing people who otherwise wouldn't be able to to play football in power chairs. And it's a great organization filled with great people and a great goal. So if you have the money, please donate a little to them. I just want to know how someone with the name Amir Ali got nicknamed Bubba. <laughs> that's, that's a good question, actually. I, I, I saw that from Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's a good question. How does that happen? Uh, maybe I need to ask Clive what's up there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's transition to the West Brom match. It's going to be Saturday, normal time, three o'clock GMT, ten Eastern, at Villa Park. So get to go back to Villa Park and for a proper derby, the West or yeah, West Midlands derby. Yeah, Instead I, of what they were calling Leicester was a derby match, which we know it wasn't. <laughs> is it a derby? Is it a sandwich? Who knows what it is? But yeah, I, you know, and so the last time we had this derby, good things happened, of course. The last two times we had this derby, good things happened. Uh, Villa qualified to go to Wembley, and then Villa beat the pants off of West Brom. Well, not the pants, but Villa beat West Brom in the league to really help secure safety, at least partially. Yeah, Matt Loden drawing that penalty, bursting forward from left back. Like, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was... remember Matt Loden? Yeah. I do. Was, it, was that the only penalty we had that season? I know it was the first, but... Yeah, if, if it wasn't the only, it was one of the only. Yeah. Which I understand um, is grammatically nonsensical, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but the... yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice thing is the two teams are sitting pretty close to even right now. West Brom 14th with five points and a negative three goal differential, and Villa 15th with four points and a negative two goal differential. Uh, we can put them in the rearview mirror with a win here. Yeah, I think so, and hopefully never look back from there. Just get some momentum going. And I don't know, like like I was saying, we've started to score some goals. It was an issue we only had the one against Burnmouth, one against Palace, held against United. But I don't know, it it's got to start somewhere, and if you're if you're scoring the goals, at least you're going to have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the, in their past three matches, Villa have what is it, two, four, nine goals. I mean, granted, five of those came against non Notts County, but the goals are coming. And West Brom have looked like hot junk this year. Yeah, I think part of that is due maybe the team morale with Saito Barahino, 
trying to move to Spurs, trying desperately trying to get out of that club, was not allowed to. Obviously, that probably pissed him off a little bit. Villa should have tried to get him. We'll let you get out of that club, and we'll give you a safe place to hate that club. <laughs> Two for one. <laughs> not only will you be free, you'll have a place where people think like you do. Um, yeah, like, like you were saying, though, Villa, Villa with the last two wins, it's been two out of the last three in the Premier League against West Brom, and we've only lost one of the last seven. Four of them have been draws, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is a match that very well could end in a draw. This is a match at this point, however, that Villa need a win. A draw really is not acceptable at home against this West Brom side. Yeah, I believe it was dubbed win or die <laughs> and, by Ellis. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. It seems a little historionic, but uh, he's kind of right. Because if you look at the schedule coming up after this, things get kind of tough. You've got Liverpool, then you've got a little break at Stoke, and then what happens? I mean, it's going to be difficult after that. Definitely. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Those teams that we're going to be playing soon, they're good. Yeah, absolutely. And, And seven points is not a lot at this point. Uh, we need to have all seven points. Um, yeah. And then, you know, maybe swoop in and get a surprise win at Anfield or something. Oh, we'll, we'll get a win or two out of that, that stretch for sure, and obviously a couple of draws as well, but it's still it's still worrisome. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I definitely think this is a sort of win or die thing. Uh, do you still feel animosity towards West Brom? Uh, do, you, do you still hate them as much as ever? I, I do, but I don't hate them as much as Leicester, I feel now. Right? Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. We played each team three times last year. Uh, I think we came away with the same record against each team last year, right? Yeah, I think, what, a draw in the away fixture and a win at home? Yeah, although I think we lost to Leicester in the away fixture. Maybe a lose, yeah. Yeah, I know we got two cup or a cup win against each and a, some other win against each, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I actually dislike Leicester more at this point than I do West Brom, which is so bizarre given how little time I've had to dislike Leicester. Yeah. Um, who do you want to see start in this one? If Carlos Hill is fit, he's got to start, right? Definitely. And as I as I wrote in the the tactical preview that's coming out today, I think Carlos Hill has to start and. I'm interested in seeing if we could switch it up at right back. I don't know if Richards was promised in his contract that he'll play center back as whatever, but I think he needs to take one for the team and shift to right back because if we could play Clark and Lescott, I think that's better. Mm-hmm. Just because Bakun and Hutton cannot be trusted at this point. Yeah, um, and but if you're going to go with one of them, who do you pick out of Bakun and Hutton? I think you go with Hutton. Yeah, darn straight you go with Hutton. Bakuna looked like a hot mess on Saturday, Sunday, whenever yeah. it was. Disaster day. Not good. Not good. But at at striker, I think you could throw Sinclair up at striker. Yeah, I, I still don't love the idea of Sinclair as a lone striker. Yeah, but hear me out on this because if if Idris Agana can come back, then you can play him in midfield with Westwood and Sanchez, and that gives you a really strong midfield. Then you play Carlos Hill and Jack Grealish as the attacking mids with Sinclair, and and those three are probably going to be interchanging a little bit. And no, you're you're not going to have a target man. But on corners, if you if you have Lescott, Richards, or Clark, any of them up, I think you you still have a, a threat there. Although it doesn't really matter if Westwood if Westwood is just going to keep driving in corners. 
Yeah, that's true. Although, people are giving Westwood a lot of crap, and I totally agree for his corners. Uh, that one of his corners led to the Grealish goal. Oh, it did. It did. And I think, I don't know, it- I just think it's a better a better strategy when you have a free kick that's just a little closer to the area to just slam it in there and just hope for something then. But, it, I mean, if you, if you don't have a big striker in there, it's it's hard to say you should float it in. I just think we should go short corner. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. Um, but, yeah, I if all things were equal, I would say find some way to get Ghana in there and then run out a vaguely similar lineup to what we did on Sunday. But I don't think they will be. I don't think we can get heel in there. Uh, Adama doesn't look like he's going to be ready yet. So I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Uh, Grealish needs to be in there. Sinclair Sinclair came inches away from continuing his scoring streak. Yeah, and, and, I, and that being said, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Gabby in there because yeah. he had a good match against Leicester. Yeah, he and did. He, sh- he shows up for the derbies. Yeah, exactly. If we saw him for Leicester, West Brom, and then Birmingham City, uh, and then he disappeared for another month or so, that probably wouldn't be terrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting match. I don't know. It's I, Villa need to win it. There, there's really no two ways about that. Yeah, that's that's what it comes down to. And if they can somehow manage to piss off Tony Pulis in winning it, uh, aside from obviously the natural irritation of losing, uh, if they can somehow piss off Tony Pulis, I would really like that too. Yeah. Um, the only the only reason I think we might not see Richards as right back. Because then with Clark and Lescott deployed centrally, there's not anyone who can come in and play that role off the bench unless you're going to use Sanchez there. I mean, if we, if you use Gunna and Westwood as the center defensive mids, I think that's good. You don't want to have to rely on Sanchez to play center back. Except just you, because you wouldn't need someone off the bench for that. Because if one of those two center backs got injured or had to be taken out, Richards can shift over and you can bring in Hutt and Rubicuna. Yeah, but what if what if one of them is hurt and the other one is just tired or something? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean that's going to be a problem no matter what. If, yeah. you, if two of your center backs get needing a substitution, we're not going to have the cover for that. I guess yeah, you you have bigger problems anyways. I was just thinking because Yoris Sakura is still out, Thiago Lori, who knows when we're going to see him, and Jose and Hel Crespo also mm-hmm. haven't yet to see him. But yeah, no, I mean the the nice thing about Richards is if he did get a start at right back, he has that versatility to bump over to center back if needed. Yeah, and I would just like to see him at right back because it just seems like he really loves to go forward and mm-hmm. he could be afforded that chance then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I would love to see it too. I kind of doubt it's going to happen though. I've I've been going with the the over 2.5 for a prediction lately, but I don't know. I don't know if I really see a lot of goals in this one just because the only the only really attacking threat I think for West Brom is Solomon Rondon, who I wrote about as well because he's a tank. And mm-hmm. if Marino plays, does he even want to play for West Brom? Does he want to score for them? I mean, it's clear that playing well is not going to get him a move out of there. Yeah, so I don't know. I think I would take the over. I'm looking at Villa to respond in this match. I don't know why, but I feel like a derby at home against West Brom, Sherwood was pissed off after what happened and sort of distraught. I think they come out firing. I think Villa yeah. could maybe score three. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me, but that that's probably just because I think West Brom will not score. Um, yeah. And then a couple of days after this, we get a much bigger derby. Yeah, the real derby, the second city derby. 
Uh, are you excited for this one? Yeah, I, I am, just because I, I can't really say I remember it, like a Second City Derby as being really a Villa fan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, me neither. I mean, the, the last time they played, it was my first year as a Villa fan, and it didn't have that meaning yet. Uh, I mean, I remember being really happy when they got sunk on the final day, that, that, that campaign when we beat Liverpool, so in what, they lost to Spurs? Mm-hmm. It was and somehow we, we finished 10th that year. I don't know how. Remember that, our Halcyon days? Uh, yeah, but yeah, we, it's... it's um, I, my only problem is with it coming up on a Tuesday and having such a big match right before it, it's hard to get pumped up for the Second City Derby simply because you don't have much time for a ramp-up. No, no, you don't. Yeah, it is kind of weird, and, and it is just the, the cup, the League Cup. Mm-hmm. But... You yeah, know, it, it is. It is Tuesday night, and so that's fun. That's for everyone that can get out there. And if you can't get out there, it will actually be on TV. It's going to be on Sky. Yeah. And then here in the states, God only knows what it's going to be on. But if it's on Sky, that means you can find an illegal stream. Not that I'll I would ever advocate stream. Yeah, not that I would ever advocate finding an illegal stream, but. Uh, yeah, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And and the interesting thing is Birmingham actually looked like a pretty decent team this year. Yeah, they, they've gotten off to a good start in the championship. Yeah, uh, they 11, have... 11 uh, points from six. Yeah, 11 points from six matches, 11 goals scored. Uh, second in the championship only to Ipswich and Middlesbrough, who have both played seven matches. Yeah. So they look like a goal-scoring powerhouse right now. Donaldson has three goals for them. Gleason has two. Um, you know, the only person in the championship, you've got Charlie Austin doing better. Um, yeah, but QPR aren't doing well. They scored 13 and conceded 12. So, they, yeah. I mean, they're just – they're right behind City, but they look like a wild team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I should have said Birmingham are behind Middlesbrough, Ipswich, and QPR, who have 13. Uh, but yeah, yeah. They, they look good this year. They they look like a team who actually might be in that uh, promotion playoff hunt. Yeah, and the championship's great because really almost anyone can make it up to there if they get hot, go on a good stretch. Yeah, and and you can get up to the Premier League. I mean, it's as long as we don't go down, I'd be okay with them coming up. Yeah, absolutely. It would be kind of fun to have both you know them and West Brom uh, in the league. Seems Although, unlikely that us and West Brom will stay up, though. But yeah, I mean, I, maybe not. Uh, the interesting the thing to me about the championship, you know, Birmingham looked really good to start the season. Birmingham looked like junk to start the season last year, and then ended on a hot stretch. So they're a team that sort of runs hot and cold. Um, yeah, they've got yeah, the new they, manager. They've got the new manager. It's kind of interesting if you can observe them from a distance. They're sort of a they're an interesting team. They're fascinating. I don't like them. I want nothing to do with them, but they're kind of a fascinating team to watch. Um, but God, I hope we beat them. I cannot stand the thought of them winning a cup match at Villa Park. Yeah, that's that's got to be a worst-case scenario, especially if we don't even beat West Brom, you know, not much less lose, just not win. Yeah. If you're Tim Sherwood, do you put out a honest-to-God Premier League starting 11 for this match? I, I think so, or at least pretty close to, because with the players that aren't going to start Saturday, some of them will will have to play, and some of them maybe should have been playing, in, at least in the Premier League. Yep. yep. I, I think you, you treat this 
as a Premier League match. You you play a solid starting lineup because you kind of craft the bed thus far. This is a home match. This is a chance to get the crowd behind you. If you carry momentum, if you can beat West Brom on Saturday and carry that momentum forward, you buy yourself a lot of goodwill by winning those two matches. Yeah, I think so. And that's really that's what you have to do. Yeah, absolutely. Traveling to Liverpool, even though Liverpool have looked like junk, I mean, you generally think of that as you're not going to get anything, despite what's happened. Benteke is scoring too. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think easily. Um, so it's get your momentum now. Get these two wins. Treat these as your two Premier League games. And if you want to put out a cup lineup, maybe do it at Anfield. Yeah, who cares? Who knows the way Liverpool have been playing this year? Maybe a cup lineup would beat them. Yeah, or at least snake it for a point. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think you have to treat this match as just as important as anything in the league simply because of who you're playing and the morale of both the team and the fans right now. Yeah, do it for the fans, if anything. Exactly. Um, normally, there's no way in hell I would advocate treating a, what is this, third-round cup match? Yeah, third-round cup yeah, match. Yeah, third-round league cup, you know. Yeah, a third-round league cup match, I would say, yeah, throw out a bunch of youngsters, the experimental. What about Murphy and Andre Green? Yeah, uh, but no, screw it. Put out a Premier League-capable lineup and win this match. Win this match 5 nothing. Yeah. Just blast them off the face of the earth. Yeah, and throw three youth teamers on in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Blast them off the face of the earth enough that they start a tailspin and just dive bomb through the championship table. <laughs> just nuke the morale. Yeah, exactly. I, I want us to wreck them. Um, and I hope Tim Sherwood understands that. I mean, ju- at least judging by the, the last cup match and cup lineup, that was a wild lineup where Vera 2, it was Vera 2 in the back four, and it was five other people going forward. Wasn't It was Sanchez in the back four, I thought. Or Sanchez in the back four, yeah. 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 Sanchez yeah. was in the back four. I said Vera 2 and the back four. Like, oh, he was the only midfielder. I yeah. gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it was Sanchez at center back, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll see something crazy, a little experimental, but... Hopefully something pretty serious. Yeah, he he needs to take this seriously. Like, he needs this win. Uh, yeah. We need this win. I I yeah. as a fan, we need this win. If we can do the double in four days over West Brom and Birmingham, I will be ecstatic, and I will probably have forgotten Leicester. Yeah, it'll change the morale, just like how beating the Baggies twice in a week did last year. Yeah, absolutely. And the good news is, if we get on a good run of form. We have an international break to ruin it for us in a couple of weeks. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, really all you can hope for. Yeah, exactly. So get these wins now. Get that good morale now. And then maybe take a surprise victory at Liverpool. Stoke look beatable this year. I mean, this is a chance to get four in a row heading into that next international break. Yeah. And 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 maybe even if you don't get four in a row, to get three of four. And, yeah. and that, I think, would just, totally change the tenor. The yep, absolutely. Points on the table and a win over Birmingham City, and I think everyone's going to be happy. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for you today. As always, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, YouTube. Robert does one more thing, actually. Yeah, and on iTunes. Yeah, it's related to iTunes. I just want to thank uh, ZJ Poe uh, for leaving us a review on iTunes. Please do the same. If you leave a review, we'll read your name and give you international glory and fame. Uh, but yeah, yeah leave a review on iTunes. Yeah, we really, really appreciate the review on iTunes. So if you've got a moment, please go ahead and do that for us. Yeah, thank you very much for that. So for Robert Lintot, 
I'm Jack Grimsey, and we'll see you next time on the Holtcast.